How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to go. You are listening to Satellite Sisters. Welcome to May. It is Sunday, May 3rd. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California, and I'm here with an unexpected crew. We were saying it's been a while since this trio has been on. Sheila Dolan is in South Pasadena. Sheila, what's happening down there in South Pass? Oh, Leanne, I already had one half of my workout uh, <laughs> because since I heard Monica say that the new guideline for people up my age it's an hour and 15 minutes. I'm breaking it up into two. Okay. <laughs> so I did I did a half hour swim already, Lan. You would be proud of I, I me. I am proud of you, Sheil. I am proud of you. Julie, have you gotten in any of your exercise guidelines <laughs> there in Dallas, Texas? Yes, indeed. I think I've done two hours already. So I'm good. Whoa. Really? Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Oh, Julie. Sorry. Right. Sorry. Didn't mean, didn't mean, I didn't want to start the show that way. But you asked for facts. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I'm going to spend the rest of the afternoon lying on a couch or in the grass. You know, nothing, nothing strenuous. So okay. I'm done. All right. Uh, we are the Satellite Sisters. Thanks for joining us. It's a full show today, uh, full of stuff that we managed to cobble together. But it's excellent stuff. I said this is some good work, sisters. So coming up, of course, we're going to talk about the royal baby. Julie will have a full report. She's been scanning all the British tabloids. She's got the headlines for you. Sheila has finally tried bulletproof coffee. She's going to uh, – or has some questions about Bulletproof Coffee. We're going to talk about that. Uh, another curious wedding announcement in the New York Times we're going to discuss. Saving seats at events. Are you for it? Are you against it? Julie has some guidelines. And then mailbag uh, your your posts and comments about Machu Picchu and yogurt. So we're, we're getting to that. But first, you guys, I want to thank Audible. Audible is a supporter of Satellite Sisters. They are um, a huge library of audiobooks. So if you love podcasts like you love Satellite Sisters, then you will love trying Audible. You can go right now and get an audiobook downloaded for free at audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters, audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters. That's our special URL. One free audio download for you, a 30-day free trial. Join us. Join us, those of us who have given ourselves over to audiobooks. It's fantastic. And Julie and Sheila, you know I said I was considering going back to school. Like I have this fantasy that I'm going to go back to school and it's going to be great, right? <laughs> yes. I do laugh, but I know you have a quest for knowledge <laughs> and education, Leanne. Thank you, Julie. Thank you. But I also realize graduate school is really expensive. And, you know, when you go to graduate school and say creative writing, there's no guarantee you're going to get any work after that. So I have found these great courses on Audible to be a fantastic way to supplement my education while I'm doing the dishes for a very reasonable price. So I just downloaded three courses for the summer, and I oh. feel like if I can get through all of these three courses that I will have just a bounty of knowledge. So I downloaded Food, a Cultural Culinary History. That's a 17-hour mm. lecture course. I downloaded Cultural Literacy for Religion. 
I feel Whoa. like that's a gap in my education. <laughs> I sort of pretend to know about world religions, but when it comes right down to it, I really don't know about world religions. Uh-huh. And then I've always been interested in um, the history of language. So I downloaded the story of human language. So Leanne, I, these are some heavy duty topics that you're going to be working on while you do the dishes. It's huh? great. Yeah. I'm I, very impressed. I, I, now when I walk, I don't have a dog to walk. So I listen to, to history lectures. The other day I was working out in the pool. I have my little, um, my little, uh, you know, um, headset. Thank you. <laughs> I had that going. I Word was working, choice. I was, <laughs> woo. Wow. Scary, huh? So I, I would just like to thank Audible for making me spart- smarter. So you can check out these courses. And again, 150,000 titles. If you don't care about the cultural history of food, download some mysteries, people. Just go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters, audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters. Thanks, Audible, for supporting Satellite Sisters. All right. So, Jewel, what's the story? You had a First Communion yesterday and there was some egregious seat saving is that what was happening <laughs> we almost came to blows oh. like two grandmothers pitted against each other you know this is event season graduations sports awards concerts school plays so yesterday was first communion day for my granddaughter alice so and being being a dolan you know i volunteered to go early to the church with my husband to save the seats because you know the the little family had to get, you know, Alice in her first communion dress. They had a lot going on over at their place. So, you know, uh, so we got to the church and in the, in the Dolan tradition, you can't be too early, right? No, there's, there's, there's no such thing. As being there's too no early. such thing. So the, <laughs> the first communion started at 10. By 8.30, my husband and I were looking at each other in the pews. We were in the pews. We were the, oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because we were the second family in there. So we weren't the first. And um, it was all going well. And we had, you know, we had, I had brought up Pashmina, Sheila, lovely, because I didn't want to be cold. Oh, yes. And that's what I was using to save the seeds for the little family when they arrived. And it was all going well until uh, Mr. O'Sullivan, he's the assistant principal, he came out and said, oh, you know, to the, to the small group, there were maybe 20 of us that were, were sitting on the left-hand side of the church saving seeds and, uh you know, he said, you know, we counted wrong in terms of the number of pews. We need we need you all to just move back to rows. Okay. Oh, so, no. so we have Bum no back. problem with that. We get up, we move back. But there's grandma is sitting right behind me, okay? <laughs> and at first she pretends like she can't hear. And uh I said, You have to get up and move back to rows. That's what Mr. O'Sullivan said to do. <laughs> And she's pretending like, you know, I don't understand. But I knew she spoke English and I knew she understood. And then some other man talked to her and said, you need to get up and move two rows. We're all moving back two rows, you know. And she said, no. She said, no, she wasn't moving. Well, Well, I just gave her a look. I was like... Do you know who you are talking to? You are talking to Urban Nana. I have just, I've just come back from two tours of duty in Brooklyn. You and that pretty little granddaughter of yours better just get up out of the pew and move right. back to Rose. Well, I, right. well I, I don't understand how her refusal to move was uh, jamming you up, Jewel. How is that because jamming you I, up? Had, she was sitting in the, in the row I was supposed oh, to be. Okay. She All was right. behind me. Okay? okay. And she was not moving. I moving but grandma and her little and her little granddaughter were not moving okay okay and not because she didn't didn't understand yeah 
Mm. So in a first communion, there are many girls making their first communion, right? Oh, yeah. This was a big event, Sheila. Yeah. Okay. Jam-packed. The church was going to be packed. This was, you know, the whole second grade plus, you know, um, all the other kids in town that are. So it was a big group. There must have been 50 or 60 kids making their first communion. So, so you needed to be there early and grandma needed to move the two seats. So I gave her a look. I mean, I mean, this I'm here at a first communion. I, it was, it was so ugly. Okay. I just couldn't even, I couldn't even believe it. And it was so, so she finally got up and moved, but you know, in the Catholic tradition during mass, there is a kiss of peace where you turn to all your neighbors in <laughs> in church and you shake hands or you know you just you you greet each other uh-huh. was, grandma was having nothing to do with urban nana when i turned around she was still mad okay right. and she's only one row behind you That's, yes she's okay. one row behind me and she's, you're what like the six you're like the second row of families we're no, we're like the third or fourth. Third, okay. okay, but okay, still, so you're up front. You're all up we're front. Up, we're up front. We're behind the communi- communicants. But uh, okay, so that was so we finally got Grandma to move, and then you know, Lee and, and Sheila, you both, Sheila, you know this because you work at a school, Lee, and you've had kids at schools where you know they do the school auction item where to reserve oh, the yeah. seats. Oh yeah, that's a big one. That's always a popular one. Well, they did that at Alice's school at the school auction. You could reserve the first seats for, uh, for the first communion. And don't you know it, the family that won, they have 11 Dutch relatives. Okay. Oh These gosh. were the tallest people you have ever <laughs> they, seen. They are the tallest the grand, people grand, in the world. Grand, the grandmother was 6'2. They had an <laughs> uncle that was 6'8. It didn't matter if they were standing, sitting, or <laughs> I did not see a single thing. So here it was. Like, I was going to take down grandma behind me. You were ready to fight. I still didn't see a single thing at the First Communion. So, Oh, Jewel. But it did make me think about guidelines, you know, for saving seats. I mean, is it rude to save seats? I don't think so. I think at events like that, you're allowed to save a couple of seats. I think, yeah, I think there's a limit to, I don't think you can save four rows of seats. I don't, I, I, you know, I think a reasonable amount of seats, six, eight seats, that seems reasonable or, or a single row, but you do sometimes see people that go over the top with the seat saving and that's a little obnoxious. I I agree with that. I don't and think I, I think that the people who get there early enough to save seats as early as you did are people who tend to go off a little bit. <laughs> if anything, you know, if you're told, I, I'm sorry, you have to move back to Rose. I mean, you know, that's those are some strong personalities to get an hour and a half, get to the church an hour and a half early. Julie. Really? Well, I, I felt like, you know, I mean, why wait at home when you can wait in church? That yes. was my thinking. Yes. But and I saw another grandmother, not the one that I had the altercation with, and she brought a ribbon. And I thought that was a very nice way to save seats. It seemed it's friendly. It's not too aggressive. I don't like when they print things out uh, on pieces of paper. I don't like that. I don't think you should save a whole row. You don't need to be a hog about it. And I think maybe there should be some ratio that if you want to save nine seats, 
you should come with three people. Yeah. You know, a three to one <laughs> that's ratio. True. That's true. I, I, think, I think that is fine. And I think you certainly should work with the other seat savers. I mean, I, I you know, I, I just want everyone to understand. I had a very nice conversation with the family that was sitting in front of us. Um, you know, it was just the one grandma behind me that was giving me trouble, you know, and, uh, and I guess I suppose don't forget while you're there. I think for a moment. <laughs> you did. I, for a moment, I was not thinking about my granddaughter receiving her first Holy Communion. I was just thinking about, like, how I could take down this grandmother. That's <laughs> okay. And that really is not the spirit of the event. Would no. you say, sisters? No. No, Julie. <laughs> so I say Ooh. work with other people, you know, and if you're asked to move back, move back. That's That's all I'm saying. Okay. Move back or move them back, you know? <laughs> All right. And oh. Sheila, you would like to introduce a new segment now. Yes. I understand. I would. I, I pretty much introduce a new segment anytime I'm on and they're not consistent, but here's a new segment for you. Okay. The, the post office fight or flight. <laughs> and can I just do a little survey, quick survey? Mm-hmm. Leah. When you're in the post office, fight or flight? Uh, oh, flight, flight. Okay. Yeah. If there's okay. more than like four people in line, I'm out of there. I come oh, back. interesting. Yeah. Okay. Julie, how about you? Yeah, a total flight. I mean, I have to be, I, again, I try to be there when it opens, Sheila. I like to, <laughs> I like to go of early. You do. Do you bring, do you bring your own velvet rope or, or no, some no, no ribbons? I know I don't save any spaces no, and I, and I don't believe in line jumping at the post office for sure. For oh, sure. There's, there's no line jumping. I mean, those people behind the counter are watching everything. And I guess that's what I resent is the fact that I'm in there. They are, God bless the post office workers. They are working really hard, but they're also monitoring the line. They're watching you. Okay. So by the time I get to the post office, I'm, I'm in a state because I rarely go because it's very, very intense for me. I mean, (laughs) so, you know, and I usually go pre-packaged and I rarely send packages, but I decided to send my daughter a spring care package. I do this from time to time. Um, everything from socks and underwear, uh, to exfoliants, Julie, Good um, you know, workout clothes, some, some knickknacks and some patty wax, you know, um, I also include toothpaste because I figure she's always out of toothpaste um, <laughs> and they don't have toothpaste in New York city. They right? do not have toothpaste okay. in New York Good. city. Good. So Good. this, this was a, a light package considered it was a lot of socks and underwear, but I, ha- I didn't bring my own box. I didn't bring my own tape. And the minute I got there, I noticed there was another man. There was a man there who was in high distress <laughs> over oh. finding a box. And I thought that he might be really not there to buy a box. I thought he was just part of, you know, the, the people who wander off the street and sort of rile people up at the post office. <laughs> That is a well, you that is a subgenre. Yeah, he was some kind of street artist, Sheila, that had wandered in to the post office. Well, then I thought because I'm paranoid that he was coming over to me and asking me about boxes because he wanted to take my wallet, which wasn't true. He wanted a box, but he had been there for half an hour, and he was in high distress. And that's I think what happens to everyone who's at the post office. <laughs> 
I mean, when, you know, you are fighting for your place in line. And if you don't bring your own box, you are packing and sealing and buying things that you wouldn't normally buy, like packing tape. I have six rolls of packing tape at home, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So you can't mm-hmm. send a package without the tape. Right. Yeah. So um, at one point, I'll just call him Mr. High Anxiety. Was, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, they told me to get in a corner and go pack up because I, I gave them a look like, ah. They said, you need to go sit down in the corner and pack it up, and then we'll, you can get back in line. So I said, okay. And then my um, high anxiety came by again, came by about eight times in front of me. He goes, and then it just started to be like a little bit like a rain man kind of thing where he's like, I just need some tape. I just need some tape. I just need some tape. And I had tape, and I had to, I had to make a moral decision. Should I give him some tape? Yes. And what did you decide, Sheila? I decided not to because another woman offered the tape. But then here's the hitch. When he got the tape, it wasn't about the tape. He was he was just he was there for for the duration. I mean, he was probably there for four or five hours. I mean, he was still there when I left. It was. And, you know, when push comes to shove. When you get in the, when you're at the head of the line and you actually bring your package up there, they are incredibly nice. Yes. They're yeah. helping you. And, yes, and- they are, Sheila. They want to give you the lowest rate. They want your package to get there the fastest, the yeah. safest way. Yeah. Super but be- nice. But before you actually put the package down, it's just, it's excruciating. <laughs> and as I, I was number two in line and number one was a middle-aged woman like me who basically just had her eyes closed the entire time. I said, are are you okay? She said, I have a headache. (laughs) This is horrible. I said, I know. I said, what is it? She said, there are too many choices. (laughs) Because when you look up at the poster to get your mailing rate, it's insanity now. They're just, Oh, many rates. You can't. I said, I know. She, she, she said, whatever happened to just mailing something and having it get there? I said, I, I do not know. I don't know what happened to that, that option. She said, look at the choices. I said, I'm not even looking at them. I said, I said, I'm going to confer when I get up to the counter and put my package down. I'm going to confer with them. But do not look at the poster with the rates because you are just going to get. She's like, I, my head is splitting. (laughs) Wow. So we were two peas in a pod. I mean, two peas in a pod at the post office. Uh, and high anxiety was just buzzing about if he was, he was running and gunning through the post office, medium size, large size tape, no tape, borrowing tape, taking tape, returning tape. And finally he just bought his own tape. I mean, so I fought it out. And what I'm saying is I fought it out. Yeah, you did. You hung in there. Yeah. I, because. Because this package needed to go, and I had it ready, and I did a sort of a mom thing, which was basically put everything in a garbage bag, and then put the garbage bag into the box. 
There was no note, nothing. Because again, by the time I got there, I had procrastinated this package, knowing that I had to go to the post office, which is a very distressful situation. And that's it. I'd love to hear from everyone. Post office fight or flight. Man. You were in good company there, Sheila. It sounds yes. like Yes. My friend with the headache and Mr. High Anxiety. Oh boy. Okay, so um uh, am I going right to coffee now? You're going right yes, to you coffee. Are. You better have a cup of coffee right yeah. now, Sheila. Well, no, 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 I'm sorry. I didn't get to weigh in. I didn't get to weigh in on the Bulletproof Coffee, which uh, you guys already discussed. And um, here's the thing. Um, I cannot have butter in the house because I feel butter is the most delicious thing in the world. And I think it... <laughs> I think a nice pat of hard, cold, or even a slightly melted butter on glutinous bread has to be the most delicious thing in the world. Am I right? Yes. Yes. That, that's that's toast. Yes. That has been Julie and I, our stance on the Tuesday show for quite a while now. I mean, it can be grass fed. It can be fake yeah. butter. It can be butter buds. I don't care. <laughs> it just has to be butter on bread. And so I was visiting friends in Santa Monica, and we decided to go to the Bulletproof Coffee. Now, I'm not saying it wasn't delicious. I'm just saying the whole glory of butter that comes in, like, it's, 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 a, it's a pat. It's a pat. It's a chunk. It's sometimes scooped out with a knife and just attacked it late at night if I have butter in the house. Sheila, I never knew this about you. I mean, you're alone with butter. I didn't know. I never knew. Something you you chew with bread, you eat, consume with something hard, not something hot and filled with caffeine. I I just want to say it right up front. I mean, I'm not paleo. I'm not. I'm not. uh, I don't have a chronometer. I'm not like. uh, (laughs) I'm not. You know, I'm not anything. I just want coffee separately, and I want my butter. If I'm allowed to have it once a year, I want it on bread. Okay? <laughs> That's my stance. Okay. Everything tastes better on butter except coffee. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's pretty clear. Last, apropos of nothing, but last night I went to this fancy restaurant in L.A., a new Red Bird, which is in the old cathedral, believe it or not. So, um Sounds paleo. Long story short, yeah. I mean, it's a delicious restaurant. Of course, we just sat at the bar because we didn't have a, you know, we didn't have a reservation. You couldn't get seats? I could have saved some seats. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we don't make reservations or anything. And it was it's just everything about this restaurant was super attractive. Like everything. Like the lighting, the tablecloths, the wait staff. It was like oh. George, George Clooney's younger brother, I think, was the, the bartender. He's the oh. most attractive bartender I've ever seen. But at one point, they brought us the bread and the butter, but the bread was in like a sack, like a laundry bag. Oh, like, oh, that. Oh. What, it's, it's, I was like, what is this? Oh, like, Wait, but was it, did you have it on bread? Oh, I you mean, bet. Yeah, you, I had, I had some butter. I had some bread. I had some bread and butter because you're right. It's the best. And I didn't care if it came in a sack. It was delicious. Oh, maybe it's like it's to keep it warm, right? Wasn't I guess. The, the presentation. Just, it you was, it was just, I, there was a lot of things about the restaurant. I had to ask, like, what is this? And, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I, I saw wine on the menu from Slovenia. And I was like, <laughs> well, 
what is what is that? And he said, well, it's controversial. I was like, well, I don't feel like a controversial wine tonight. <laughs> Do you have a wine that tastes good? Because <laughs> I don't want a controversial wine. George Clooney's younger brother, oh, who was, yeah. by the way, named Tevin. So, <laughs> Tevin? Oh, that Tevin. would be yeah. Oh, that is a good made-up name. It is, isn't it? Uh, it's, 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 I like it. I like All it a right. lot. Okay. Uh, speaking of, of food, uh, this is fast food. The millennials continue to give us gifts that we cannot even believe. A couple weeks ago on the show, we talked about how uh, companies are now catering to the millennial generation because there are 80 million of them and they're taking over the world. So they're changing the hotel business, Sheila. I don't know if you've noted this, but millennials don't care about their rooms. They just want communal spaces. They want to hang out with each other all the time. Oh, so, that is the worst idea. I know. <laughs> the whole idea of going to a hotel is to lock yourself in a tomb and, and, and put the shades down and turn on the TV. That's not what millennials want, Sheila. They want big lobbies. They want Wi-Fi. They want fire pits. And they want picnic mm -hmm. tables so they can be with other people all the time. And but now, they're not really with other people because they're all on, on their, their devices. Yeah. yeah, they're all on their uh, devices. <laughs> So they're together by themselves. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, now they're going to be eating together by themselves because they are changing the fast food industry. This week, Tyson Foods announced that they will no longer use human antibiotics for its chicken production. But, you know, food experts and business experts cite the millennials because the millennials really care where their food comes from and what's in it, much more so than our generation. So, for, for instance, Chickafee and McDonald's have both said that they are not going to use chickens that uh, have human antibiotics in them anymore. A couple months ago or a couple weeks ago, Kraft Food announced that it's removing all the artificial colors and preservatives from their mac and cheese. Which, oh, no. Yeah. That's terrible. That's and then terrible. replacing them with natural spices such as paprika and your favorite, Sheila, turmeric. Oh, so, turmeric. Yeah. Love it. Hershey is going to a simpler list of ingredients for its chocolate. Kellogg's is launching a line of muesli and granola without preservatives. And Pepsi is no longer going to put aspartame inside sodas, which I can't believe they still were putting aspartame. But this is all thanks to the millennials. People want to cater to those 80, 80 million millennials. And so thanks, millennials. We appreciate it. It's good news, I think. I think it is good news. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know if I'd, you know... I like a mac and cheese with some coloring, but, you know, who knows? <laughs> I like bread with butter, too. Okay, well, that's not all the millennials are doing. I don't know if you ladies checked out the wedding section of the New York Times today, but it is insanity. Okay. Yes, yes. Explain, their Sheila. Their cover story is, forget the rice, bring the sneakers. So there is a movement, and it is intense of millennials, basically, I mean, you have to, you know, 30s, late 20s and early 30s, creating weddings around major sporting activities, including 5Ks, marathons, hiking a granite peak in Wyoming, <laughs> um, doing things which, you know, are, are, to me, is it's the antithesis of what a wedding is. A wedding is to sit down... <laughs> <laughs> and have a good meal and do some dancing. Yeah. So yeah. 
Yeah, but this uh, one, is it. Yeah, they said that they, uh, they want to add these athletic endeavors as a way to bond the guests. That, you know, Leon, they had one example of a wedding. It was a cardio bar wedding. Which, ah. How does that sound, Leon? Or maybe a spin classes before your, for all of your guests before the, before the wedding. Or yoga, a yoga wedding. Right, or a boot camp, Leon. Just, just, you know, instead of a, a bridal shower... You go to a, a major boot camp together and, and work out. So I, I love this quote from one of the grooms. My thinking was a lot of people were coming to the wedding were also runners. And so that's why he decided to start, like, do a half marathon for their wedding. Everybody. <laughs> and I, it's like, my thinking is steak or salmon. Like, that's all I want to think about. When I go to a wedding, a nice wedding where you sit down, and it's it's a major major industry. You're right, Julie. So they have these they have these mobile units, Liam, that can come to the wedding and do. You can do like uh, yoga. You can do all sorts of um, meditation. So instead of actually going to a spa and having your feet scrubbed, you know, you have to have sort of a leader come into the bridal room and, and lead um, a silent meditation. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, Leanne, they had one example of a couple that put together a tough mudder, you know. A oh, mudder yeah. Races. That's this like was, a thing now, a whole uh, thing. A ten, this was a 10-mile run oh, for through God. 20 obstacles. <laughs> and the last, at the finish line, they had some kind of electroshock therapy where they had actually had dangling live wires that you had to run through at the finish line. I mean, right. Right. So I mean, I'm just envisioning like your grandmother trying to do that. Or I, it's just really alienating. And Monica We're... running through mutter, getting, getting to the electrical le- electro shop therapy at the finish line or your poor pregnant guests or people recovering from surgery that just seems like it's gonna alienate as many people as it bonds doesn't it well millennials don't have bunions i think that's (laughs) let's let's just say it i mean if we got invited to any wedding like that there would have to be an ambulance waiting uh, you know down at the bottom of the granite peak uh, it would be like, it, it would be like, you know, uh, the New York marathon or the LA marathon <laughs> where they have, you know, hospital units waiting. I mean, <laughs> yes, we need a bunion mobile unit. <laughs> <laughs> the end of the, it, well, it does seem that, you know, I mean, I, obviously the bride and groom have every right to express themselves yes. and have an individual wedding and a wedding that you know, that reflects their values and, you know, their interests. I get all of that. But at some point you, you cross a line where you are pushing your health habits onto your guests. <laughs> and I think that's wrong. I just want a cocktail. Okay. That's Wait, it. Oh yeah. We don't want Gatorade. Okay. <laughs> at the wedding. <laughs> I mean, seriously. So, I, you know, as dad would say, good luck to them. They want to climb a granite peak. Before they get married, they're, you know, I mean, how good can a groom look with a fanny pack on? Really? Seriously? Is that what you want for your wedding picture? Okay. Oh, boy. God bless him. Good luck to him. Good luck to him. 
Well, speaking of someone that was looking good, can we talk about the Duchess of Cambridge yesterday coming out of the hospital 10 hours after she gave birth to the new beautiful princess weighing in at a very, very healthy eight pounds, three ounces. Yeah, that is a solid baby. That is a nice big baby. That baby looked gorgeous. Uh, cute. Oh, cute. Adorable. I mean, I mean, because, you know, a lot of newborns don't always look that good, you know, day one. I mean, they're a little, they might be a little beat up from the whole uh, birthing process, but they, she was a, the princess is a beautiful baby. No yes. doubt about yes. it. Yes. And the current odds right before the podcast, three <laughs> to one, the odds are on Alice for the name. So, you know, that we are rooting here <laughs> Alice for Alice as the name. And I mean, they, that. I mean, Lee, and you posted on our, our Facebook page, uh, the, the Satellite Sisters group, uh, you just posed the question that she is now, she set the bar so high for, you know, for, you know, new mothers that it's, it's almost impossible. Like I was, I was, as I watched her come down those stairs with the baby princess, I thought if that was me, I'm sure I would have fallen right. down the stairs, right? I, yeah. I, I, I remember I would... standing up was very difficult. Never mind right. <laughs> descending <laughs> stairs. So she had the gorgeous hair, yeah. the makeup, the Jenny Packham lemon colored dress, yeah. the dress new the new Jimmy shoe Jimmy Choo shoes. I mean, she had it all going. I she mean, did. that was she looked great. And and what about uh, what about the big brother George? Was he adorable? So adorable. George is the cutest baby I've ever seen. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think he's cuter than my own children. I have I, to he say, he's so darn cute. I cannot take it. <laughs> And I know that they are trying to be sort of a normal couple, but I did think it was a little preposterous as they were leaving the hospital. I mean, I could, they had all that security around them. Of course, they have like 8 million people, the press line, they're watching them leave. And, uh, you know, and, and they, you know, the Duchess gets in the back seat with the princess and then he decides, the prince decides to drive the car. I mean... I mean, like he's some regular guy. You've got a princess in the back seat. You should have a professional driver, right? I don't know. I I envision, though, that Kate, like, gets back to the palace and then just collapses, then just removes everything, gets back into her sweatpants and crawls back into bed. I hope so. For that one hour, she pulled it all together. And I I just, I admire that because she's, she just does her job. (laughs) She must be so hugely relieved to have the heir and the spare. And now she doesn't have to have any more children because she's had those horrible pregnancies. So she has just done her job in an excellent way. So so that was excellent. I mean, they had that special blanket on her that that's a big tradition in their family, royal family, to have a special receiving blanket. It was great gorgeous the little hat was gorgeous several landmarks in london were lit up last night in pink for yeah that was cute i thought that was very nice and of course they're uh they are they're at kensington palace so today they've had visitors uh her parents came with pippa to check out the new baby and then really keeping up you're really keeping up well i mean this is very big news (laughs) i mean i'm waiting to hear the name leon so i want to stay on it uh the queen has not appeared yet okay she has not shown up but she did wear pink today in honor of the new princess that that is a nice thing yeah of course prince charles came and he he dragged along Camilla, so they made a showing at uh, uh, to say hi to the new princess. But there is a little a little backlash going on that I want to report on, which is what they're calling the March of the Middletons. 
that apparently Charles, Prince Charles complained in March sometime that he was not getting enough time with baby George and that they, um, they're, you know, the press is starting to report that, you know, Kate prefers to spend time with her family and that the Middletons are getting much, you know, getting much more time with George. And they were the first ones there with the new princess and Charles and Camilla, you know, they they have to play second fiddle. <laughs> well, so, yeah. can you blame her? I mean, I right. cannot, that's exactly right. <laughs> Liam. I cannot blame if I was Kate Middleton. Okay. Okay, she, as you said, she has done your job. Yeah. She is saying to Camilla, you cannot touch me, okay? (laughs) Go away. Just go away because I have produced the air and now a beautiful princess and, and, and there you have it. So you just stay out of my life. And in fact, she's going to Kate and the baby and I assume her mother and perhaps Pippa, they're going to, they're going to decamp later this week and go to some secluded estate where she can rest. Good. And, uh, yeah, she must I be exhausted. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think she had, someone reported she had stockings on with that dress, which is really hard to believe. <laughs> I mean, that. I don't know. I will study the picture you... and I will give you, I will report back on the stockings, Leon. Leon, I'm sorry. I, I tried to get as many details as I could. I just, that, that would amaze me. That, that would amaze me that you could put on stockings 10 hours after giving birth. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's an epic feat. All right. Good work, Julie. We're all keeping our fingers crossed for Alice. Although I do feel like because it's getting so much puppies, mm-hmm. all kinds of things happening at the Facebook group. You can also like our official page at Satellite Sisters. And we're on Twitter at Sat Sisters. At Sat Sisters. Julie, you're on Twitter as what's your Twitter name? Um it's I'm on as Julie Dolan Smith. Julie Dolan Smith. Okay, and I'm on as uh, Leon Dolan. So, and Liz is SS Liz, I think, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, she's at SS Liz. So, uh, Sheila, you know, get on it if you have a chance. I have to. Get, I have to get a Twitter. I have to get one. Get a Twitter. <laughs> get, a Twitter <laughs> get a Twitter. Sheila. You get a That's Twitter. Right. This show is just chock full of quotes, Sheila. That's another one right there. <laughs> Sheila's gonna get a Twitter. Okay. But I have, I, you know, I, I mentioned on our uh, uh, last show that I am going uh, with a girlfriend to Machu Picchu. And lo and behold, Leon and Sheila, there is now a Machu Picchu subgroup forming at Satellite Sisters because a number of people have already been to Machu Picchu. They're putting up helpful hints. Quite a few other people are are planning to go or considering to go. So we, we have a real dialogue going on about Peru, Lima, Cusco, and Machu Picchu. So the big question this week is going to be to Guinea or not to Guinea. Because you may not be aware, but um, the national food of Peru is roasted guinea pig. Really? I I know that because we're studying South America. And (laughs) we just did did a whole lesson on guinea pigs. And what do you think, Sheila? uh, No way. No No. way would I eat a guinea pig. See, Uh, I'm just thinking. Maybe maybe with some butter. I don't know. (laughs) Some herbed butter. That might be nice. I'm just thinking, you know, I'm not sure I'm ever going to get to uh, Peru again. This is my one chance. You know, I ate a scorpion in China. I'm proud of myself for doing that. I mean, maybe I could just have a little guinea pig leg or something. Uh, 
and it's getting fantastic reviews. It had a theatrical release here last week, so I didn't realize it was going to be on HBO, but I am a huge Nirvana fan, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. So, Sheila, I know it sounds like something you would be interested in, too. So, I definitely would be interested. Yeah, so Montage of Heck, that's on HBO this week. Uh, don't forget, we'd like to thank Audible if you're interested in a, an Audible course or any of the great books they have at Audible. It's audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters, audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters. Uh, we are putting our book to bed. That comes out in September. Liz and I actually had a business meeting this week, girls. We, oh, uh, yeah, that's good. Went to the corporate cafeteria uh, on the Fox lot. It just always makes me laugh that Liz works on a movie lot <laughs> because when you go there, Liz's office building is right across from the 